everyone. Welcome to another edition of Mojo Mondays with myself and Coach Carly. Hey, everybody. So last week we talked about one of the most powerful and underutilized skills we have, and that's our ability to use our attention. And I don't think it really matters if you didn't if you missed last week's, so I think today is still going to be really valuable and um, maybe you want to go back and listen to the previous episode um, afterwards. But today, yeah, it's about what next. So if we're struggling and room, with ruminating thoughts or feeling of overwhelm or the, those sort of strong emotions like sadness or anxiety, we can make room for those internal experiences and then use our attention to redirect from our internal world to our external world. So, you know, things like last week we talked about looking for the colour blue or using our senses or getting curious about sort of nature, the natural world around us. And, you know, what this can really do is bring this sense of gratitude or joy or wonder, even when we're having these painful internal experiences. And I think just to reiterate, uh, for those who did listen last week, or if you didn't listen last week, it is really when our attention is inside our own head, when we have this, what we call inwards focused attention, where you're, you're struggling with the emotion or the tyranny of the shoulds, as they call them. I shouldn't be thinking like this. This shouldn't be happening to me. Yeah. Um, that's uh, anxiety, depression. It's all about inwards focused attention. Um, so getting out of your own head is really key. So yes. back, over, yeah. back over to you. And yeah, the, the first step with that, and it's not easy, <laughs> is is really accepting what is not within your control because one of the most challenging parts of the work that I do is is accepting what isn't in our control which often requires this willingness <clears throat> excuse me to feel pain and mm. discomfort that these internal experiences bring us and and this is a really really hard to do a thing to do because our normal response is to want to get rid of them yeah and that's when we put our attention on them that's right and and i think you saying this is hard this is a fundamental principle that we have often talked about that life is hard the buddha talked about life being suffering all the ancient philosophers talked about life being hard and and you need to be prepared for that you need to accept it and, and i think part of the issue for me a massive part of the issue why one in eight people in the uk and in this country and new zealand and i think it's pretty much the same in the states one in eight are on an antidepressant for either depression or anxiety and um you, you know some some of them um, if they're suicidal, antidepressants can be absolute godsends for people and stuff. But a lot of people are on it because they don't accept that life is hard and, yeah. and they're not prepared to sit with the discomfort and the challenges, the inevitable shitstorm that life is going to throw up at us. Um, so I think, I think that's really critical, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The willingness to feel a level of discomfort and making room for that 
um, which is is not a magic pill, is it? But that's what we want. We want something to get rid of the emotions, and it's sometimes a really scary thing to think, "What you mean? I have to accept that I feel like this. Mm. I have to make room for it." And that's that's really hard. But this is where attention comes in and doing the work. You have to do the work. And if you look at the things that are within your control and are and are not within your control, you can really get clear on often where the struggle is because the struggle lies in the things that we're trying to control that we can't. So things like what's happened in the past, the past has gone, the past is a past, we can't control that. The future, no, we can't control the future. We can certainly influence it, but we can't control it. And that kind of ties into the outcome or results of anything. You know, this is what we're trying to teach our kids when they've got exams. You know, Kira's doing year 12 at the moment and there's a lot of focus on the ATAR and, and what what's, what mark is going to be at the end of the year. But she can't control that. All she mm. can control is the process. Yeah. Um, you know, we can't control death. And the, we can't, we can't control dickheads who are all around us as well. We can't or, control or people. dickheads, no, other people. And and that's um, th- this is a big one, other people's um, opinions, other people's feelings, other people's attitudes, what they say, what they do, their behaviour, what they think of me. You cannot control that. And th- there's some quote, isn't there, about it's actually none of your business what other people think of you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Do you know yeah, that quote? I, I cannot remember who said it or what it exactly, but it's it is along those lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other thing that we cannot control is our automatic thoughts and emotions, and that is where often the struggle lies. Is that we don't want if we're ruminating, we want the thoughts to go away. Why am I thinking? Why are these thoughts still coming up? I just want to get rid of them. Why am I feeling like this? I don't want to feel like this. And that's when our attention goes inward. But if you look at the things that we can control, we can con- we can control our response to everything that's outside of our control. And yeah. that's the big one, how we respond. We can we can control our attitude, our own behaviour. So those are the things that um, that we want to then redirect our attention and put our attention onto the things that we can control. So I'll give and you. Oh yeah, Mark, sorry, Marcus Aurelius said, "Man is not disturbed by things, but rather the view that he takes of them." Right? Yeah. And 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 actually, when you really think about this, so let's take something pretty extreme that that somebody dies and 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 this happens all the time and and we hear about somebody's died and if we don't know them we go oh that's a bit sad but if you are married to that person or that is your child your world completely falls in so th- th- there's there's a whole heap of people that are not affected by that but these people who are in close proximity to them are massively affected by it. And it comes back to the stoic thing that it's not what happens, but it, it's the view that we take of it. It's our judgments about it. And yes, of course, you're going to have a judgment about somebody close to you dying. But that's just an example that if you're not close to that person, if you're very far removed and you hear of them dying, your judgment is, is not something that's highly emotional. So yeah. it is judgments around stuff and and that can be massively hard to get your head around 
and and also massively hard to do something about it. But it is a a first principle. Now that's a very very extreme example, yeah. but it is thinking about when stuff happens. It's your judgment around that 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 generally causes the issue. Well, I'll give you another example that might be um, might be sort of closer to home, <clears throat> and that is somebody has said something to you that has caused an emotional reaction like anger or frustration. So maybe they've judged something, they've judged something that you have done or they've judged somebody close to you and you start to ruminate on the injustice of what they've said. You know, how mm. dare they say this about you? It's like who do they think they are? And now you can't get the thoughts out of your head. You know, the thoughts just keep coming back and then it's making you really upset. So it's creating this emotion and then you start to snap at the kids for making too much noise because you're on edge or, you know, your your partner's left their socks lying in the lounge room floor and usually doesn't bug you too much, but you start getting really angry at, um, you know, the smaller things and that's when the spiral begins. And so this is an example of that, that natural urge to go, I want to get rid of these thoughts. Mm. And your attention is on that. But that's futile because... You can't get rid of your automatic thoughts. It's like a popcorn machine. They just keep popping into your head. It's like pop, 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 pop. But you can use your skill of attention to dial them down. So, and this is about the the what next. So you can then do the the attention of where's the colour blue using your senses just to create that space and then a really good question to ask yourself once you've sort of created a bit of that space is to what do I what do I want to stand for in this situation? Mm. How do I want to treat myself here? And how do I want to treat others in this situation? Because there is a choice. And this is about being reactive and emotionally charged or it's about responding aligned with your values and the person that you want to be. So you can react with anger or you can withdraw and you can continue to ruminate or you can decide that you are going to be a calm, empathetic, considered fair person or whatever it is. And and I think intention is really key here. We were mm-hmm. talking about that, that closely followed by attention and, and and part of that is self-awareness, so being aware of where your attention is. Then I think the next most important thing um, we discussed this was intention. Intention to actually have a, a, a an adaptive response to this situation rather than a maladaptive response, mm. right? And there's lots of things that play into it here. There's um, the choice point that you talk about. We can, we can maybe go into it in, in a minute, but basically it comes down to Viktor Frankl in between stimulus and response is the space to choose um, and to choose how we react. And in, and in that space lies our freedom. And that's where you need to have that intention about how you're actually reacting to stuff. And that, that, uh, that okay, the one thing that I can control is how I choose to react to these circumstances. Uh, let's give an, an, an example with no names. Um, somebody that we both know said something not very pleasant about me um, quite recently. And my response was, um, I have this thing in my head 
the Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, um, it's a song from them, doesn't mean that much to you to mean that much to me, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, fuck them, who cares, right? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> You're very good at saying fuck them. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, you know what, if they don't mean that much to you, I mean, we can, I, I, I could get upset about what somebody said about me, and at the end of the day, it's like, fuck them. Who cares, really? Yeah. You- so, so, and and I think that see, you're very good at 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 that side of it. But if somebody heard that and had a really strong emotional reaction, that's when it's a lot harder because you could say you could argue with your thoughts and go, "Oh well, <clears throat> I'm going to take that stance now. I'm just going to go fuck him." But the other thoughts are just going to keep coming back. Uh, that, and that's, that's where right. you can have this argument with yourself. And that's where the that's where the attention is key and the intention is key. And this is linked to internal locus of control and external locus of control. Very, very strongly linked to that, which are, um, uh, you know, trait-like behaviors that some people have a strong internal locus of control, that they are determined to control their destiny, that they realize that bad shit is going to happen, but they are determined to be in control. Yeah. And, and those people with an external locus of control, they, their destiny is very easily, their mood, their behavior is very easily influenced by that of others. So yeah. it plays into that stuff. But I think having an internal locus of control is a practice thing. It yes. really is. a skill. Yeah. And some people, some people pick it up quicker than others. And the, the challenge is to create the space because often when we're in such an intense sort of emotional state, it's very hard to create the space. And, and many of my clients say, but how do I create the space? And it's things like using your breath, so breathing into your body and just allowing these emotions and these thoughts to be there. It's almost like you're creating space. Um, exercising is another one. I mean, I find that if I'm ruminating on anything, if I go for a run, not only am I able to be outside and put my attention on the natural environment and be curious about that, I can also be a problem solver when I'm running. And I find that I think creatively, I think better and I come back and I'm now in solution mode. And so that's changing from that reactive to more intentional yeah, and, and look, I think what is really, really key here, um, so there's awareness. So if you're not aware yeah. of stuff, like forget about it. You are just being dragged along by your emotions if you're not aware. The first step is that self-awareness. And then curiosity can be really good. Fucking hell, that's an interesting negative thought that I'm having. Where did that come from, right? That curiosity where, you know, you've done a meditation called Leaves on a Stream, where Mm. your thoughts and emotions, you just look at them like they're leaves on a stream just passing by. But that curiosity of that's an interesting thought, right? And that is a process in psychology we call self-distancing. So you create a bit of distance between you and emotion or in your language from act, you unhook yourself from the emotion. You become the observer of your own mind, the dispassionate, curious observer. That's really, really key, I think, yeah, to the whole yeah. process. Um, and then having some little mantras um, in your head, like, 
fuck up occurs <laughs> or um the one uh, um because you know occasionally i'll have a short fuse with the kids and and as you know kira can push my buttons very well mm-hmm. and it was that whole thing about the stoics reading a passage and it was marcus aurelius's book how to think uh, sorry donna robertson's how to think like a roman emperor where the stoics talked about anger as temporary insanity and that just get in my head. And I remember, I don't know, it was maybe six months, eight months ago, Kira was pushing my buttons and I felt the red mist descending. And then this little voice came in my head and went, you're about to go temporarily insane. And it actually made me laugh. But that observation, that dispassionate, curious observation is really key because that massively diffused the situation. Did yeah, you unhooked yourself, didn't you? And unhooked, yeah. That that is, I love that idea from ACT that uh, that we get hooked by our thoughts and emotions, and it's the ability to unhook. But as you said, it's a skill, and any skill in the world, you have to practice at it. Some people have a, a a natural bent, a natural flair for certain skills. Think of whatever skill it might be, whereas Others um, um, need a bit more practice, but everybody to get good has to practice. It yeah. gotta do the work, and you and you will be doing the work until the day you die because we're human, and all this stuff is a natural part of being human. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great way to end it. So that's it for this week, folks. Hopefully that was useful. Catch you next time. See ya.